I think it has something to do with the fact that we want this to be if it, it almost like if it isn't really hard it's not really effective if it isn't really difficult if it isn't really I guess if we're not suffering we're not trying hard enough The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Rachel. And it's a, it's a real covid week for me. Everybody got COVID. Yeah, I'm hearing that's like a general theme going all around. Damn it. I'm a, I, I'm a first timer. So and we we got a first time here. All I think of was that meme when people like I think it's from Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's like first time here. <laughs> and <sighs> I feel like that was me with you, and I was like, "Oh, you're first timer." Damn it! I w- I don't know if it hits harder the first time or like how that goes, but I I went three years. <laughs> So I'm I'm proud of my streak, but also um that was that was that was a thing. That was something, huh? Oh Lord. I know um, you know, you didn't get as sick this time around, but like, wow, I was sick and I'm still sick and um goddamn. Yeah, real. You, went, you went down hard. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though, I went down really hard the first time. <laughs> No, I'm not a first timer. Yeah, you did. I really heard the first time. And the second I was like, oh, man, what a walk in in the park compared to time one. So I'm feeling like a good job, immune system. Immune system on fleek. Proud of you. Mm -hmm. Proud of you, immune system. You learned, you adapted. And you're here. And so if you if you are here for our dedication at recording a podcast when we both have COVID, you should give us a lovely rate review and definitely subscribe to the podcast. We keep it going because of you guys and the more feedback you can give us and reviews are so helpful to be able to get our message out there to more ladies. I know after last week with, well, last week for us, when heroin sheet came out, we had so many women being like, oh my God, I want every woman I know to hear this. So giving us a review, rating the podcast, it all helps to get it seen so that more women can hear these important thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I I love that you brought up heroin chic because I think a lot of you know what? A lot of people heard different things during that podcast, for sure. And that's always going to happen because, like, literally 10 people... That's how telephone was invented, right? Like, 10 people hear the same thing and interpret it in different ways and in different ways that mean something for you. But one of the things that was kind of resounding to me was 
which I thought was important just for you guys who did listen to the podcast was like the idea that like, Oh, I'm whatever age and I don't follow trends anymore. Like it's not, they're not after us. The, the point is, is that they're not after us and that we are just become such a force to be reckoned with that we don't care if it's not at us. We're protecting the next ones. So yeah, it's just, yeah, that was cool too to hear people rally around that idea that that maybe it isn't directed at a certain demographic or maybe, you know, you personally have grown so much in your development that you can see past these things, but it was really cool to hear every every woman rally around the idea that no ma'am not to our girls, not again, and not what we had. We want better and we're demanding better. And that was really cool for me to see the potential progress when people can really come together and, and make a change. And I, I, I feel inspired by it. I, I feel super inspired by the reaction that we got to that one and, and all of the actions that people are taking with the young girls in their life. So it's it feels good. I'm not going to lie. It feels good. And your hair looks good. Oh, girl. Guys, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you got to go see Rachel's hair. Mine, we're on a different end. But, like, Rachel's hair looks so good. She got it done today, and I'm obsessed. looks so shiny. You know, I love, first of all, I love my hairdresser, but I will say this. I don't usually like, like, my hair when I leave the salon. And I've... Tried to figure like that out because like, you know, when someone else styles it, it always looks like slight bit different than how you style it or whatever. But I think what it actually is, is I don't really like my hair clean. I don't oh, think it's anything okay. to do with my stylist. I think that when my hair is clean, like actually clean, I'm like, eh, yeah. this, does this look like me? It doesn't look like me. <laughs> I have dirty hair. Time. There's more. There's only like one clean hair day, and then the rest of the days are dirty hair days. That's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. And also, I, she she talked me into these money pieces. So I was like, okay, I need to go dark because it's getting to be winter. Also, my hair cannot take any more bleach. It's it's vehemently. Well, how do I say that one again, Kels? Good. Vehemently. Okay. Vehemently. <laughs> it's vehemently refusing any more bleach. It's like, we'll fall out if you keep on yeah. doing this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go dark. But my hair just like, oh, yeah, I got to have these money pieces, though. And I'm like, money pieces. It up in the front. So, right. So that's what she meant. She wanted like a couple bright pieces in the front. And that's like what I guess the hairdressers refer to. I'm not sold on it. I'm going to be honest. But, you know, I like to let her work. She's an artist. She's an artist. I personally love the money pieces. I was, as soon as you, as soon as you said she talked me into thing, I was like the money pieces <laughs> because my hairdresser said that the last time I was there, which was beyond ago. And I was like, my what? My money pieces back there. <laughs> the money pieces in the back. I was like, girl, do you see what I want? <laughs> Most of the things I do to enhance my money piece in the bag, but I guess. 
bring party to the front. We can do that. But oh <laughs> man, that is good. Oh, I'm sure she loves you, my money pieces in the back. You know, I'm definitely a different client for her because I think that okay, salons. I don't know if this is like a, a general thing because I really feel that so it, as humans. I'm a little bit on a tangent, but just deal with me for a second. As humans, we're all in these little pockets of like things that we surround ourselves with, like people we surround ourselves with. And we all kind of like start to talk like each other and like think in a similar way. We're all just like in our little pockets. And a lot of times, like we just think that that is like the existence of like what people are doing, what people are talking about. And I think for me, when I go into the hair salon, I'm submerged into kind of a different pocket that I'm usually in. And there's a lot of different discussions going on. And every time, man, every time there's always some kind of a body discussion. There's always some kind of a like diet or what, what are the things that people are doing? And I'm, you know, I'm always kind of like thrown off guard for a second because like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not doing crazy diets. Like every time I've gone in, my hairdresser has asked me, a stylist, she likes to be a stylist. I think that's the new thing. Yes. And not masseuse either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. She's a stylist. And that makes sense because she is a magician. I'll tell you, she's a stylist. But she'll ask me about keto and intermittent fasting. And and I'm always like, man, you follow me on Instagram though. And I'm like, no, still not that one. And she's like, but what do you think about? And she'll like bring up another one. And I'm like, it's still no for me. Like we're still in the no, but like we have other ladies that come in because she's in this like area where there is like there's the a, like eyebrow threading lady comes in and like wax lady come in they come in and talk about the brazilian butt lifts and their friends who got it done like all these things and i'm like well and and, and it, it ultimately it comes down to like well what do you do and what do you like blah, blah blah and i'm like here's the thing like i don't follow any diets like we're doing this thing every time, but I still don't follow any diets and like the health of our bodies. And it's just kind of a, isn't it kind of an, like an eye opening experience sometimes when you're put into a different pocket? Well, it's a good reminder, I think. And then oh, I will say I did have an awkward exchange because. How would you tell? Well, I mean, I often, it's really hard for me to just like smile and nod. So, you know, I had, I was, she was asking me how my Thanksgiving was. And I said like, oh, it was kind of rough because, you know, we all got COVID and we're isolated. And so she said, oh, did you, did you lose your, your taste and your smell? And I said, yes, which was like a super weird experience because I said like, it was so strange to be eating food, but not have the um, feedback of like your taste buds. So like the food's going in, you can see it, you know what you're supposed to be expecting for it to taste like. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't there. So I was like, that is so weird. And she said something to the effect of, yeah, but it's so great to, for losing weight. Right. Cause you can just, um, cause you can't taste anything. There's no point in eating. So, and I was like, 
oh, don't do it, don't do it, Rachel. And I was like, no, no, that's not. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and we're going to do it. <laughs> I can't, I can't just go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's great when you're sick and then like you use that as an excuse to not nourish your body. And that's like, and we're all gonna say that's like, and I know she was joking. And I know that people say kind of pop culture things with people they don't see all the time, because it's, it's kind of like a way to like unite people. And it's like a commonality that people are under the impression we all share and stuff. But I also think it is important to offer a counter view, even if it's going to be kind of an awkward moment where you say like, no, I would never stop eating, especially when I'm sick, because like, I need the food to nourish my body, help, help me get better. So like, no, I would never I would never do that. And it made a little bit of an awkward moment, but it's good to offer that counter view so that there can be something else out there, an alternative message that doesn't have to be like, yeah, we're all, we're all just going to lose our taste and use that as our next diet. I love that you said that because there's always, I, I do, I'm lo- I love that you said that because I feel like there's always that moment for me too, whether I'm like, okay. Am I going to do that? Am I going to, am I going to dive into this thing or am I just going to be like, oh, not today. It's hard because sometimes you're tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tired. And it takes a lot of like thought and like sensitivity around just like in a way to try to change up the dialogue a little bit when the dialogue has all been the same, you know, cause like the response to that would usually be something that would be very agreeable and like totally normal for people to say. And it was like, no, of course I, of course I wouldn't use not being able to taste as a excuse to starve my body of the things that it needs. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, not not today and not tomorrow either. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I just think, you know, everybody, especially if you are kind of following a counter message, um, everybody has been in a situation where they've had to make that choice. And for everyone out there who has decided to get a little bit uncomfortable and offer a counter view that may be a little bit more healthy relationship with food or your body or whatever, you know, if people saying, oh, I just hate my thighs, the, the expected response is like, oh, me too. And if you say anything counter to that, it, it, it does, sometimes seem hard to to offer that kind of not agreeable response. But for everybody who's gone on at a limb and done that, I just want to say I'm here for it. And I also want to say if that's been hard for you and you've had situations where you've sat there and wished you said something, but just didn't fit it, that's okay too. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that too. Cause I, we have a podcast guys and I talk about this all the time. We have a podcast on <laughs> talk about this all the time and I've come to some language around it. And, you know, I've talked to like thousands of women about it and I have been in situations where something has been said and I've walked away and not said anything and have been like, "Mm, I should have said this thing. And then of course I get home and I'm going to run through all of the things that I should have said in the shower, 
in the shower and then I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and think about all the things that should have been <laughs> And it's like, but I just want to say like, that is totally normal. And one last thing before we get into our topic today, which our topic today is super interesting and super relevant. And you're going to be so excited to share with everyone and maybe place into your own life. But I wanted to ask you guys, what is one daily habit you can't go without? Rachel, what's yours? Well, are we getting rid of like brush your teeth? Yeah, <laughs> are, I we, think so. are we taking are we t- like taking that kind of stuff? I feel like you can interpret it in any way that you want to. I definitely have brush your teeth in there for sure. But yeah, like take those, take the like kind of like because not everyone. I know this might surprise you, but not everyone feels that way. About brushing their teeth? Yeah, even so I even when I'm sick, even when I have to get up and brush my teeth, not everyone feels that way. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> they should. <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking. Okay. If you take away like sort of self-carry, like routine, like must do kind of things. One thing that I do daily is 100% I listen to music. So there's not a day in my life where I don't listen to music. It's a very huge part of my life. And I, there wouldn't be a day on the planet. And it's always, you know, it can be different genres and different things. Sometimes I, even if I'm just listening to like peaceful piano while I work or whatever, it's, I always am listening to something. What a good one. Oh, I was just, as you were going through that, I was like, do I have a day? I don't listen to music. And I definitely switched it up because I went for my walk yesterday and I was like, must have all these. It was like uptown girl. And I had dirty dancing on there. Definitely. Now. And I was like, there was a concert while I was walking because there was no one else around. I had my headphones on. I don't know if that's weird. I also want to tell you guys, if you see a lady standing outside your house, looking at your Christmas lights, just like standing there, it's me. I'm that lady. No kids. No reason. (laughs) No reason. I just enjoy lights and I enjoy your lights. (laughs) Good. That's well good. And I go walking around neighborhoods like looking for the lights like an absolute weirdo. That's nice. That's why they put them up. They want people to enjoy them. So otherwise you wouldn't stand out there in the freezing cold. So is that your habit though? What, What is yours? No, mine is super lame, but I realized it. Mine is movement. Mine's definitely movement. I, there's not a, like, I, even though there are days, like you have to have rest days and stuff, but there is not a day that I'm not getting some type of movement in. And like, like I can't go without it. And I realized this about myself too. Like, first of all, the first time I had COVID and having to like go outside and walk and being like, well, I'm really sick, but I'm, I still have to like go outside because like my function, like my brain needs my body but my brain needs movement like it craves it something awful i think a lot of people with adhd would completely understand that and also yeah (laughs) i think i definitely think a lot of people understand that and um and can get behind that because that is 
<laughs> the need is certainly greater for no i i like it's it's a funny thing because it's like okay well it's like just rest and i'm like no no you don't understand you don't it's not in the option it's like i'm going crazy and i'm like bouncing off of things and it's just like i gotta get out and have a movement it's almost like i boil it's like boiling water like i just boil up and i'm like i have to like it's gonna explode out the top it's gonna explode in any way like it you just gotta you gotta do it i gotta do it well, I think it's really good to know about yourself. That's one of the things. Like, I, I hope that, like, when you guys think of this, this is what your habit is. Like, you think of something, you maybe learn about yourself. Well, you know what is weird, too, is that, like, Matt, I'm, I've said this on the podcast before, and I've told you this before, is, like, I have huge audio <laughs> sensitivities, and, like, I... Like that stimulation is like a really big part of my life. And then I picked something like that. And then you have like a neurodivergency and like you picked something that also. So I just feel like it's like if you really dive deeper, it's probably something that is one of those things that makes you tick. Yeah. So I wanted to, I did, I didn't want to clear my throat in the microphone. That's not what I wanted to do. What I, <laughs> COVID's weird. What I wanted to do though is tell you guys about an incredibly, I thought, interesting and eye-opening set of studies that I came across because I was thinking about, I was considering the new year and people, you know, get hot this time of year on change of lifestyle and looking at their health in a different way and just generally making changes that they believe are going to be positive for their life. And that's great. And I love that people use this time for that. It's a reset. Yeah. It's a bit of a reset. And, and I think that I always am looking at ways, you know, to talk about how to do this in a way that is not going to be a self-sabotaging, be like completely bring you down because you, you know, quote unquote, I'm using air bunnies here, fall off the wagon and then you have to hate yourself because of that. And I think that it's really important every year that we fine tune this and get better so that we can keep our mental health in a good place, right? Because everything, when we're talking about health, <laughs> it has to, it has to be included. Mm. So I was considering the most common way that I think that people start the new year. And I have, in my experience, it's been so far that it's diet. I'm going to go on a diet first. Number one, get my nutrition in check. Then I'll get to working out. Then I'll, first thing I have to do is lose weight and then I can start exercising. That is something I hear over and over and over every single year. And it's always felt off to me from what I've known about myself, my habits, but I didn't know if I was kind of outside the norm. And I didn't know if this was just like something that I was experiencing, but in looking further in all of the studies that have been done, no, it's not just me. That is ass backwards. Science says it. 
love when you feel something like deep in your soul and then you're like, but I just wish that I had receipts. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish I had the receipts to back it up and that I could explain this in a way that it is. I'm always looking for that. That is not my opinion. This is a general consensus that we've come to and we can understand it in a way of like, this isn't just like me sitting outside the norm because I know exactly what you mean when we're talking about starting with movement and starting with exercise as opposed to diet is one of those things that like it's usually said in the op it's always said in my opinion in the opposite way and it's like it's never sounded right it's never sounded like that that was like the way to do it but Okay, understand they work together and we do know they work together, but science says <laughs> actually the most important thing to start with is movement or exercise. Well, this is the thing. I always I've always felt deep in my soul that I eat better when I'm on a regular exercise routine. I've never been able to explain that. I I know it doesn't make sense because sometimes like you think to yourself like, well, shouldn't you be hungrier? And, and it's not necessarily that I'm not hungrier. It's that the choices that I make food-wise for my nutrition are always superior when I'm regularly working out. And I've never been able to explain that, but now I can. And I'm so excited to explain it because I think that when you put it in these terms – where you say, okay, I want to start with something. What should it be? There's so many benefits to starting with exercise before addressing your diet. And we're going to show you with these studies that actually starting an exercise program will address your diet without even you trying. So like, hello, so exciting. So first thing I wanted to <clears throat> highlight that they found in in the studies that were done on this, is that psychologically, and this has been proven with all of the, we have a lot of research right now on how people build habits and how the brain works because it's like a hot topic right now, right? The brain prefers to add things rather than to subtract them. And that is like, we all know this. They did, so they did these studies where like, people were asked to solve a problem and almost always they were looking for things that they could add in to solve the problem rather than things to take away. Like they would give them like little buildings and say like, make this stronger or make this something different about it. And people almost always wanted to add pieces before they wanted to take them away. It's just the way that your brain is wired. And when you think about how habits are built, studies show across the board that you're much more likely to stick to something and have it be sustainable when you're adding it rather than trying to eliminate something. I mean, we can, we can go back to like the basics with this too, where like you try and take anything away from a child, like it, taking things away, subtracting things from our lifestyle. And just in the, like from a psychological standpoint, that's how we would prefer 
to shape our mindset would be in an abundance and to be into like adding things instead of like, what can we take away? So this, this 100% makes sense for how we would like to live the rest of our lives in a way of, we would like to flourish. We would like to add things to build instead of taking things away so that we can build. You know what I mean? Like it just, it makes complete sense. But when you put it in, in a way of food somehow, or when you put it in a way of health and we think about diet and exercise being our main components to health, somehow we've said like, well, as soon as we address this, we have to start taking things away before we add anything. And it's like, yeah, because in every other circumstance, you want to have another job before you quit yours, right? So in every other circumstance, we don't use this pattern of thinking. But somehow when it comes to health, we really have adopted that. Yeah, it's so weird. I think it is... I think it has something to do with the fact that we want this to be, if it, it almost like if it isn't really hard, it's not really effective. If it isn't really difficult, if it isn't really, I guess if we're not suffering, we're not trying hard enough. You know what I, you know what I mean by that? It's like that mindset that the more I suffer, the more effective this is. And when you're trying to build new habits and you want them to be sustainable, that is literally the worst course of action that you could ever take. Your brain is not wired to do that in the long term. You can fight your way through it if you want, but every single psychological study shows that it's not going to be a sustainable way to have a a lifestyle change. So what we want instead of saying, well, January 1st, add that real quick, like, the the idea we've we've had it drilled into our minds that like healthy is a smaller body is and that is in the subtraction mindset where like you have to do you know things like you have to do cardio first you know what I mean? You have to fix your diet first when none of these things are actually true. And if you want to start, like when you start to talk to people who have been in this game for a while and say, Hey, why don't you start to add lifting weights into your routine? Why don't you start to add eating, making sure you're eating 800 grams of fruit and veggie? Why don't you start to add, you hear the same language over and over. Why don't we add this thing? And from people who like have been in this lifestyle for a while, who know what they're doing, who have figured out like the balance between the two, but there is these loud voices that just kind of from a mainstream perspective that just kind of go like, but we're only subtracting, right? We're only getting smaller. We're only, you know, lowering our calories. We are only doing cardio. We're only, 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 and you hear a different subset of the words, the language that is used to just kind of like, I want to say like be smaller in an attempt to do that. So it makes sense that we have, in order to get smaller, you have to subtract. You know, look at what you can add. I never thought of it like that. And that's really, that's a, that's very poignant. That's very poignant. It's, it's being smaller requires suffering and subtraction. And it's not, that's not health. That is not health. And if the goal is health, 
we can really revamp everything just simply by redefining the goal. And if it's not constantly to get smaller, that does not mean that you can't have goals of lowering your body fat or changing the metrics that are coming back in your blood work or that it does not mean that. It just means that if the general consensus is not let me shrink myself, we can really make some headway (laughs) because you can allow for that growth mindset of like, what is missing here rather than what can I take away? And so that's the first thing I just wanted to highlight when when we're considering, you know, making changes that your brain is always going to prefer addition. So when you're looking at your plan, you definitely want to include that psychological fact that if you're looking at subtracting things, you're we're crash and burn here. We're crash and burn psychologically. We want to add. So That's my first reason for why I really think we should start always with movement because it's an addition, right? We can say like, we're not taking anything away. We're not restricting anything. We're adding something that's going to do really great things. Okay. So that's my first case for that. But I have more, which I'm like really excited. Receipts on receipts on receipts. I got receipts, bitch. They're in the (laughs) back. It's my money piece. Okay. So there's three studies done on this and... All of them are like published in medical journals and it's really exciting stuff because they, so the first study took a group of middle-aged, so this was done on men and women and it was done on all different ages, which is helpful when you're looking at like, okay, who, you know, what are we looking at a subset of people or, or is this like kind of a universal thing? sedentary men and women, and they polled them on their food preferences. So basically what they did was like they gave them big questionnaires, asked them about their eating routines, the quantity of what they were eating, even like rapid fire, like on-screen pictures that they could like rank how much that food was craveable to them or how much they wanted it, how good it sounded to them. And then they gave that, they put them on an exercise program for five days a week for 12 weeks, 45 minutes minimum, and ask them to change absolutely nothing about their eating habits. Only requirement was just you're going to move your body purposely for 45 minutes, five days a week. That was the variable group. The control group had no changes. So they did not start a workout program. They did not make any diet changes, just went right along. The results of this to me, were exactly what I've been feeling all of this time. When they pulled the two groups again, the exercise group had huge differences in the way that they viewed food. And the control group that had no no exercise was almost exactly the same. Like when you're talking about moving and exercising and that promoting and snowballing onto good habits. They prove this by when they ask these people again, they all the higher calorie and more processed foods that they previously had reported as like super craveable, they reported as less craveable. But this is is craveable a word? I mean did I make that up? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. All right. I'm a, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. here's, here's the thing that I thought was really cool about this is they ranked them when they, when people asked them, you know, do you still like cookies? They said, yeah, like, I like cookies. Cookies are great. Love cookies. Do you like on a scale of one to 10, how much do you want a cookie right now? 
they scored lower on the like needing that food, the higher calorie or more processed food. They didn't score lower on like, oh, I've, I've cut that out or I think that's bad or anything like that. They still like said their honest opinion of, yeah, that's a good food that tastes good to me, but I don't need it right now. It's not something I'm craving. And they also reported way less instances of binge eating where the control group stayed exactly the same. I love this science behind it because I think that we talk about this all the time when it comes to cravings and when it comes to how we're craving like either some higher calorie food or maybe fried food, like more processed food, things like that. And there is this stigma out there that like people who are maybe into fitness or have made it a part of their life or are living a healthy lifestyle are always just craving these foods and then like restricting themselves. And, and this, this story has been created so that everyone hears it thinks like, Oh, in order for me to kind of live a healthy lifestyle, I'll still have all these cravings that I'm currently experiencing. I'll just have to fight them for the rest of my life. Yeah. The willpower argument. Yes. It's the, it's the willpower argument. And it's like, that couldn't be further from the actual truth. And I wish that like anyone who's come really on the, on the full swing of this and has come back on the other side, realizes it. And it goes like, no, if I want to have those things, I do have those things, but I don't, I don't crave them at, at that rate. I just don't want them at that rate. And if I do, then I go for it. And that's really when you come to a place of, you know, like we, we talk about intuitive eating and, and not leading with restriction and not having all of these like thoughts and stigmas around food, but the actual feelings of cravings behind those foods and what that feels like and what you want to choose is just very different. It's almost like, and we'll talk about some of the like higher intensity workouts, but like think about like you do something really like, like a hard and you train really hard. Like afterwards, you're, you're not really into like something like drinking alcohol. Like if I do a hard workout, like the last thing I'm thinking about is a shot of tequila. Okay. I'm already going to throw up from this workout. And I want some water. You know what I mean? Like you want down some water and that's your body's natural cravings to just getting some water in and being able to fill the void that it, that it needs right now. So you look for those things. And the, on the flip side of that, when you don't have some of the movement in there and your body and your brain is looking for more fixes of dopamine, it's going to go for the foods that give you that fix of dopamine because regardless of where it comes from, that's what your body's looking for. It's so weird to think about some, like you said, like something that has been outlined for so long as a willpower fight and some people have it and some people don't and aren't they lucky and, or aren't they miserable? And to to have it outlined that in actuality, it's the movement that is creating a situation and conditions in their body where they just don't crave that quite as much as someone that doesn't have that same movement. It just makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense. It's not that some people have something special. Yeah. 
it ju- that just makes sense. And it's like, yeah, of course, if your brain is wired for to create a certain kind of conditions based on, like you said, like the exercise is creating something. And I want to talk about that with the next study, but it's creating pathways and, and things in your brain that are lowering your desires for what we might consider, quote unquote, less, less nutritious choices, right? So the next study they did um, like on a bunch of college kids and it was, okay, so they previously had had no diet and exercise. So it was, they were starting from scratch here and they're going on a 15 week plan three times a week for 30 to 60 minutes. So this is much less aggressive than the five days for 45 minutes. And they were, they were also told don't change anything about your eating habits. So the ones who stuck with it at the exercise program for the full 15 weeks were shown across the board to be significantly more likely to be eating fruits, vegetables, fish and lean meats, and nuts during the day than those who quit the exercise early. So I think they were eating it at like a rate of two to one. <laughs> Those kinds of foods were the ones that they're, and we're talking about college kids here, guys. So like, I mean, think about what it means to <laughs> be in college and, and making quality, more likely to make quality choices, less likely to consume fried or processed foods. And one of the things that you were saying that has been your experience, but you can't really explain it or have receipts, but here it is. The more vigorous the exercise, the more extreme the nutrition trended. So researchers found that the higher intensity, the more participants ate and craved more nutritious foods and the less they ate processed and fried foods. I mean, across the board, there you go. Exactly, exactly what it is and what the cravings are. And every second of it for me makes more sense than um, just being like, well, I don't know, after a hard workout, I want some water. I want, I don't want definitely anything dairy for me. (laughs) Like, I know that I need some like chicken. I need, you know what you're craving and science just backs it up. It's so cool. Looking further into why this is, the researchers went into the idea here really is that any exercise, but especially intense exercise, alters your neuroprocessing in ways that it just makes your brain different. It stimulates your brain in a way that requires it to fire differently. And this is why you're, when you're working out regularly, you're more likely to crave exercise. This is what, because these pathways and the, and the processing in which your brain, that's happening in your brain, when you are doing this on a regular basis, it changes you. And so rather than starting with, okay, I have to restrict all these things that I like and just hope that I can hold out for as long as possible. Why not instead look at... exceptions to everything we've been told about diets failing us, about willpower failing us, about subtraction and what our brain thinks of that and what what our brain thinks of not thinking about the foods that we're told them not to think about because we're not supposed to have those. Go against, I hope I'm exception, to every one of these things and fight 
exactly what my body wants to do and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. This is just so unreasonable. It's so unreasonable. Everything else, we use science and we say like, what is the best way to do this? What is the most straightforward way to do this that is going to that is gonna be acceptable to my brain? That my brain is going to be like, yeah, girl, good idea. Like, that ain't it. Because when they look, when they were asked, the researchers and scientists, when they were asked, does it work the opposite way? Like, do you crave exercise when you start a diet? No, the answer across the board was no. There are not different neural processing. There's not pathways. There's not any change in the stimulation in your brain from just taking foods out or being on a quote unquote diet or whatever. It's not changing your brain in a way that's craving exercise. So it only works the one way. Exercise is the key to changing those things to snowball onto wanting to have more healthy and nutritious foods in your life and less processed and undesirable foods in your life. But it doesn't work the other way around. Yeah. Funny how that works, isn't it? I mean, and guys, not that's not the only benefit to starting with exercise. I think one of the things that is just that I wish would die about exercise is that the reason why we're doing it is like just to look good or just to lose weight or just to do any of these other things. And actually, when, when we really think about movement and why we want to start movement and why we want to lead with health, better stress management... <laughs> Decreasing your risk of depression, bone density, better sleep, reduced risk of diseases, including cancers, heart disease, stabilizing blood pressures and insulin levels, and a longer life. It's like the bottom of the list of those things. I honestly would, and this is just for me, but for stress management alone, like I sometimes, and I will sympathize with everyone who feels this way. If you've had a stressful day and sometimes you just think like, I just need to go home. And sometimes that's okay. But I would like to insert on some of those days, if you've ever just started moving a little bit, how you felt at the end of that versus how you felt if you just went home and laid on the couch. Just think about the end result on both of those things. How did you feel? And, and this can be different for everyone in different days. That's fine. But overall, how are you feeling at the end of both of those ones? And I'll tell you, like across the board, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I just got some movement in. It may have not have been a high intensity. It may have just been some movement in. But I feel more connected to my body. I feel more at ease. I feel less, for me, I have a, a shaky, it's almost like a, there's a rattle inside of me that gets like shaky. That's a, probably a terrible way to explain it, but it just starts to get really shaky and it will climb and climb and climb. And at the end of the rattle is a panic attack. If you let it go too far, that's where it will go. And it just brings it down. Like, enough to just be like, okay, we can sit still <laughs> without having going crazy. We can lower the stress a little bit. These things are managed. These things are manageable in our lives and really movement helps us with that. Well, I think you so hit it on the head when people think of this as when people think of exercise as just a way to quote unquote burn calories, right? We're missing so many of the important people. And, and therefore, okay, let me just lose weight by dieting before I start that or whatever. 
we're missing out on so many of the most important factors if your true goal is fat loss because we know what an important role sleep plays in it and exercise helps sleep. We know what an important role hormones play in the loss of fat and exercising helps regulate your hormones. We know all of these things, that there are so many pieces involved in fat loss and that without any one of them, things are going to be harder. Exercise is addressing so many of those things that waiting on it to say, well, first I'll <laughs> cut out all the cookies, um, is, is, it's really just missing so much opportunity at really living the life that you want to live. And I don't know if if we haven't if we haven't convinced you. The science I mean, says. I don't know. <laughs> this I mean, we knew this, or I've known this. I know that if I'm on a bad track with eating, I look at my life and I go, what am I missing here? Uh -huh, there it is. There we go. I'm eating ice cream every night, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I'm. But if that's not what I want to do with my life at that point in time, I can always look and say, ah, uh, yes, it's movement that's missing. That is why I am having an un... I can't fight against this craving. Yeah, it's like mm. unreasonable. And the minute I add our exercise back in, it is so, everything just seems so much more clear when it comes to food choices. And I'm so glad I have this to back me up now. <laughs> because like, you have to back you up. I did want to, before we, before we sign off, I did want to just say there were some women in our group that follow our programming TGSL daily. And one of them had sent us such a cool and important, amazing message this week thinking about, you know, how she has been on the strength cycle with those ladies, which is been amazing. First of all, I have also been on the strength cycle with all of you guys. And I love a good strength cycle. A lot of squats. A lot of squats. <laughs> a lot of squats. And it was just like, so it was a perfect cycle. But I wanted well, to you. say <laughs> it was amazing. She sent us a message saying that the going on the strength cycle, she did hit some PRs at the end and she had felt like she had been in a dark place for a while and using the strength cycle. And she said, admittedly, like I just focused on the strength cycle. Great guys. Movement is movement. Amazing. The best kind of movement, the one you'll show up for. So don't think about what you missed. Think about what you did. But she said that that's really pulled me out of this dark place that I was in by just being able to participate in on the strength cycle and just thank you guys. And this is just a woman who's following TTSL in this world, following the same thing and just a great example of exactly what we're talking about today. The power of movement, man. It It's a snowball. It's it, It's so, so important and it should never be backburnered in, in the spirit of, you know, after I blank, then I can start moving. It's always best to move today, move right now, 10 air squats for you. I promise I'll do mine when I get off because it, it's always right now. That's the best time to move because the benefits are so immeasurable. They're so immeasurable, and now you can even see that it, they're going to leak into your nutrition. So 
move today, move well, move with a purpose. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be something you hate. It just needs to be movement because it's always going to be the answer. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.